Hello, and welcome to episode 43 of Expertise is Overrated, and also first episode of season two, the podcast that takes the time to answer the questions you didn't know you didn't want the answers to. I'm Sean. And I'm Vib, and neither of us has any clue what we're talking about, as you exemplified in that intro sentence. Yeah, that stumbled slightly. <laughs> yeah, that was really good, mate. Uh, welcome back to season two, everyone. Um, even though we've just told you that we're canning this as a routine, but... Um, oh, the first take was so much better. Well, oh yeah, that's right, this is actually the second time that we're having a go at recording this, isn't it? It is. And it you, is. you absolutely fucked it. Um, but yeah, welcome back to season two. Hopefully you've listened to our little update on what season two is going to be like. Because that's a professional, isn't it, season two? Apparently we're ignoring the update. <laughs> Especially the bits about being more professional, more polished, and just generally a little bit tighter. Well, we said to the best of our ability, I think, or something to that effect. I hope so. Turns out isn't very <laughs> high standard. Keeping with the <laughs> keeping with the ignoring what everything we said in the season two update. Um, we did tell you that we we're going to absolutely can uh, tinfoil as a routine, but this episode we're going to be awarding the much vaunted expertise is overrated tinfoil award. Absolutely, we are. As a reminder, this is an award that we give out at the start of an episode if someone managed to say something truly outrageous in the episode that went before. Now, Sean, it pleases me greatly to announce that you've got the. First tinfoil of season two, and actually the only season, uh, the only tinfoil of season two. Why is this not covered by hot take privilege? Um, because it was so utterly outrageous <laughs> that <laughs> you know even the old gods couldn't have protected you from this one. Yeah, not even the old gods and the new and the Lord of Light could have done Lord anything. Of Light, the the great stallion, none of them. Ed Mutelli is the greatest example of true chivalry in A Song of Ice and Fire is the hottest of scorchingly hot takes. I don't even agree with it. I'm just wrong. I was just talking nonsense specifically with with that point. This is a series that has Brienne of Tarth in it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. on whose behalf I've gone into bat multiple times on this podcast. Yes, um, but somehow I think you just you just got caught up in your own. I got yeah, in my own height. Shit, really. Um, yeah. So I think we can all agree that Edmund Tully is not, in fact, um, the greatest example of truth for No, and he is not for that. Yes, we're getting tinfoil. But like I said, we'll see if there's any more tinfoils that need to be awarded. It's um, decent. I'd be very, very reason, surprised I, if we didn't. For some reason, I feel like every time I point out tinfoil, I'm going to be told that it's not good enough. No, I don't know. It's just uh, I know it's going to be a got. great loophole for me. <laughs> it's going to be great. So how are we? How are we opening season two? Uh, we're opening season two with something that we're quite good at, I think, which is lists. Oh, excellent! Yes, we are. I do love a good list. We're doing something a little bit different this time, though, because we're we've uh, we've come up with sort of not top five, we five different things, and we're going to try and mm. combine it into a joint five things that we agree on. So that's not happening. Yeah, yeah, we had a good run, didn't we? It was. I I, I admire the aspiration. Well, I, I you know maybe we can do it. I don't know. 
Well, let's let's see. So obviously Amazon is just throwing money around at people to make TV shows. Um, so our plan is to come up with a list of five pieces of fantasy or sci-fi media, uh, primarily books that we think we could turn into top-notch Amazon Prime TV shows. And then because, obviously, Amazon execs and Jeff Bezos are listeners to our podcast, we expect a phone call. Yeah, and they're very good with their money. In the not-too-distant future, offering us loads and loads of cash to do this. So, fingers crossed, this will be our last episode. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm expecting a a few bill at least, you know. (laughs) A few bill. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Jeff, if you're listening, which of of course you are, what else are you doing with your time? Then, yeah, a few billion to to fund some of these projects, eh? Isn't the answer to that having a Twitter spat with Elon Musk about who has the hottest wife? Is, is that the answer? It might be the answer, I feel actually. Like that's what Jeff Bezos does. He's probably been banned from Twitter, though. Ooh, that is a, that's an interesting point, actually. <laughs> oh, my Jeff God. Can you, can you imagine if it turns out that Elon Musk spent $44 billion just to ban that Jeff Bezos from Twitter? You know what? I would actually not expect anything else from him. No, I would I would I'd be like, yeah, that's that sounds like the insane world in which we live. Ah, <laughs> uh, unfortunately Jeff Bezos is on Twitter. Oh, and has got a blue tick. A blue tick? Gosh, not even one of the ones where you have to pay for it. Six million followers. Well there you go. Give us a retweet, Jeff. Go on. <laughs> and we will say that your wife is alter. Um, yeah we will we're, we're, again? I've no idea. We're absolutely for sale, though, Jeff. Don't worry. We are. We've also really gone off piste with this whole Jeff Bezos <laughs> Pendus thing. Season two, folks. It's going to be great. Let's let's get to it. Do you want to go through your list first? I can go through my list first. Yeah. Um. So five, quote unquote, books from quote unquote fantasy slash sci fi mm. <laughs> things that I would like to see turned into something on screen. Now. I think we can come back to this, but a debate on film versus TV show, I'm sure. Sure. I, th- I, 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 I think point. it's it's translation to the screen, right? It's yes, for us yes. and, yes. and the showrunners to work out what the best medium ultimately is. I still can't read, so it really would help me out a lot. Um, <laughs> but let me just read this list that I've got here. So um, in no particular order, I would have the Dresden Files, of course. Yep. In- that's what's going to make us rich and famous one day. Um, then I've got Garth Nix's um, sort of old the Old Kingdom uh, series of yep. fantasy novels. Then I've got Eisenhorn mm-hmm. um, from the 40k universe. Then, then it gets a bit difficult for me, you see. I, okay. I think then I've got what is objectively not fantasy, but very much sci-fi. It's a book by Andy Weir called Project Hail Mary. So it's right. the guy who made who wrote The Martian, which is yep. a great book, fantastic film. And also the film shows that you can translate his material into the silver screen. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like that. Strategic, um, quite very good. Yeah. So that's, that's so that's four. And the fifth spot was 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 difficult. Um the obvious choice is of course the Song of Ice and Fire. Mm. Um because that really would be great on the screen. Yeah. Such a shit joke if you've had to do it twice in recording. That was much funnier the first time. <laughs> I'm going to blame you for that somehow. That's fair. 
No, I think I think I think it's a it's a fair point because I've got one on my. I don't have a song of ice and fire, but I have one. In fact, I have two on my list that have previously been made into films or TV, potentially even arguably three. And I think what we're saying there is we could do it better. Arguably, or, or that we just don't really didn't really get the memo that these things do in fact exist on, on TV or something. on the Perhaps, way. yeah. Um, but yeah, Song of Ice and Fire was, was, was what I generally wrote down first, but I was like, oh, that's a bit... I don't know. I think I, th- I think I want to come back to Song of Ice and Fire. Obviously, I've got a list as well, as well but I think there's there's an interesting discussion to be had there around... Okay, well, we can, we can park it. Um, around, yeah, around, around remaking it. Um, then, you know... Obviously, anything by Sanderson, I think, would work quite mm-hmm. well. Um, I thought of Patrick Rothfuss's Name of the Wind trilogy. I don't actually know what the trilogy is called, but that's the name of the first book. Kingkiller Chronicles. That's the one, Kingkiller uh, Chronicles. Um, you can't call it a trilogy if he's only published two books. Well, and this is a real issue, isn't it? And <laughs> again, we'll, we'll talk about it later, but I've got serious <laughs> doubts that he's going to be able to do that in three books. Um, no, I think that's fair. <laughs> So yeah, I could also go for a shameless plug for for a, a book that my friend wrote. Although it's also something that she said is going to be a trilogy, and she's only published one. Uh, it's actually by it Amazon. It's called The Last Valkyrie. That's cool. Um, I will I will check that out. It's the sort of young adult fiction uh, one. I'll, there there is a really different genre of of something called The Last Valkyrie in Amazon as well. It's not. That. Uh, <laughs> is there a self published romance novel called The Last Valkyrie? I, uh, I don't know if it's so much romance as it is just sort of. Yeah, I, I don't really want to put a label could, on it, but could, could when, it, I, when I first googled it, when she was like, "Oh, I published it on Amazon," um, go could and check it, it feature? Out. Could could the alternative feature on uh, my dad wrote a porno? It's entirely possible. Next. <laughs> Based on a description of that book. So it's not that one. <laughs> okay. Um, but I think that would make a really good adaptation already, even though she's only written one book. So if you're listening, please write the other two books. But I think the one I've ultimately gone for on my list is one that I'm almost certain you won't have heard of. It's good. a Belgian comic called no, Skirt not heard of it. <laughs> uh, Which I think the English translation of that is, is something called Spike and Susie. Now, it's not really fantasy or sci-fi. But it's got some slight fantasy elements. It's just, okay. I loved it so much when I grew up, you know, that I thought, yeah, I'd like to see an adaptation of that. And it's got maybe enough slightly surreal things in it that it might count here. Okay. I don't think that's making the final five. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, well, what if Jeff gives us five million? A uh, million? <laughs> what am I talking about? If, you know, if, it, if Jeff gives us five million, then we can make... Like one anime scene. It's true. <laughs> it's horrifically expensive, isn't it? It's, it's unbelievably expensive. Um, well, that's, a, that's a good list. It's a good list. So we asked for a list of uh, five, and you've given us eight. Seven or eight. <laughs> maybe nine. Eight. You've given us eight. That's good. Um, so there's some overlap between our lists. So I also have Dresden. And Eisenhorn, and I also have uh, in my honourable mentions uh, the Old Kingdom by Garth Nix. Ooh, an honourable mention! I know, I know, and I think it's in yeah. the wrong place. Uh, so I would like to see some Sanderson, specifically Mistborn, and I think you could do that fairly well, either Era One or Era Two, or indeed both. Um, 
I'd like stop to trying s- to get me to play the Lord Ruler in things. I'm not that bad. <laughs> I wasn't even remotely where I was going with that, but okay. If you want to go there, um, I'd very much like to see someone tackle Discworld mm. uh, again. So obviously, it's been it's been done, and some of it's very good, but. I don't know. I, there's something about. I think it was the BBC that made the sort of three or four standalone, uh, sort of feature-length TV episodes, and it's, there's just something about it that doesn't quite land for me. So I'd like to see someone take a run at Discworld. And by someone, I mean me. Oh, <laughs> good. Yes, because the BBC then, are amateurs compared to you, of course. It's true. It's true. But then in this sort of last spot space, I've got a lot of options floating around. So I've not actually settled on one for my fifth. So as I said, I've got The Old Kingdom by Garth Nix. I've got um, The Royal Assassin Trilogy by Robin Hobb. I've got The Inheritance Cycle by Christopher Paolini. I've slightly dangerously written Harry Potter down here. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Which well, is, we are cancelled after a quarter of an episode of season which two. Is, Thank which you. was brave of me. And then finally, I've also got uh, the Sword of Truth series by Terry Goodkind. Uh, and I only really have that because someone's already done it and it's so bad. I just want to talk about it rather than thinking that actually it's a TV series that needs adaptation. But, I mean, it, someone already gave someone money to make yeah, but some of the worst TV I've ever seen. It's also true of Dresden, but we, we can come on to that. It, it well. is also true of Dresden, that's that's true. So that, that's my list. Well, so of those, what would you what would you be willing to maybe make a case for? What would I be willing to make a case for? I mean, it's going to be that? the Old Kingdom, because that's what I'm going to make a case for. It's going to be the old anyway. kingdom. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, the inheritance cycle. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna settle on that. See, that's interesting because that, that's not one I'm familiar with at all. It's. Um, it, <laughs> I could do it now if you want. Um, I don't know where you want to start. We've got some overlap. We could tick off the overlap quickly. Well, so obviously Dresden, Eisenhorn. Um, are in there Dresden and Eisenhorn and some Sanderson of some denomination although it's on, the, it's on your honourable mentions uh, yeah I, I was also thinking Mistborn's probably I think Mistborn is the best place to start unless you wanted to do like a standalone Elantris or Warbreaker film neither of which I think really has that much legs yeah. Elantris, maybe you could do something interesting with like visual style. Possibly. But no, I, I think I think if you want to do TV, I think you could do an Era One Mistborn, almost in the sort of Peaky Blinders style. Peaky Blinders style. Now that's yeah. Obviously, because the crew is the sort of criminal gang. Yeah, I can kind of see that actually. essentially, and the sort of industrial. Aesthetic might work, I think. I quite like that idea. Yeah, I think I think the issue genuinely would be the um, the Lord Ruler, and how you convey that level of just malevolence. I guess you do it through cinematography. Basically, you 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 change the film grain when he's around. 
Um, there's all sorts of things, clever techniques you could use. You shoot him using weird angles, just make him really unsettling to be on yeah. screen. And really screechy, like mm. discordant music, and that's yeah, it. exactly, exactly. I'm trying. Yeah, to people think will has... definitely want to watch that. Well, <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> I think I think you could you could do it in such a way that people get the message that this is re- a really unsettling person to be around without actually giving people migraines. <laughs> That's true. You know, it's just dawned on me that we we've actually done an episode on something that should have been adapted, and neither of us neither of us has mentioned it. The and first I, and I guess age? it's because yeah, because I mean, Rings of Power is the thing, but it's the, demonstrably yeah. second age. That's the thing. I, I also don't think I'm brave enough to tackle it. We, we already cast, you know, like 1% of the characters. Oh, you didn't. I did. I'm just saying you that Lee Pace of, should play all of them. I'll have Lee Pace for everything. Thank you very much. Luthien, yeah, Lee Pace. No, Luthien, I, I cast someone else. I can't remember who it was at this point. <laughs> I Samantha Barks? <laughs> I think uh, that might have been where we settled. I don't think yeah, I was Yeah, I think I went Kate Beckinsale first and you were very angry with me. I was very angry. I accused you of some quite unpleasant things. I think we did end- land on Sam Barks, actually. I can't remember who you said, but it was equally not right. I was pretty I, rubbish. You just can't cast Luthien, I'm sorry. It just can't be done. But yeah, no, it's, think- it's weird that we both sort of omitted that one from, from this particular list. I think it's I think already in the be- works. Because it's already in the works. Because Amazon is having a, like right go at it as well like it might not end up perfect but you get the sense that amazon is going to throw lots and lots and lots of money at this to make it work and if nothing else we're going to have just great shots of new zealand and fake elven and numenorean architecture which i'm here for actually is all that i'm ever after which is what i'm here for now, one one that we have both. Jodie Comer was who I cast as Lucy. Oh yeah, you did cast Jodie Comer. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I, it was really bugging me. I couldn't remember that. Absolutely dreadful. Lee Pace would have been the better choice. <laughs> um, <Fucking> Lee Pace. <laughs> Lee, if you're listening, I, I really, you know, big big hero of mine. Um, but Eisenhorn. Um, Eisenhorn, I think, because that is meant to be in the works. Yeah, is, is it confirmed hearing... Eisenhorn? I mean, we know that it's. Um... No, so. I have been hearing fr- rumblings for a long time that there isn't an, an Eisenhorn show in the works. Then recently, obviously, Henry Cavill has appears to have purchased the rights to make Warhammer 40k films and TV sort of on his own. It does seem like that's <laughs> what he's done, yes. I think he's, Do you I think, think he'd he's... go Eisenhorn and not some custodies thing? I think that if he's well advised by literally anyone, he wouldn't do Custodes or Marines first. I think you have to do Inquisition. You have to go human, though. You have to go human. You have well, to go. Actually, custodies I... are regular humans, sort uh, of? Just somehow really. supercharged in, no, in some weird way. <laughs> They're even more genetically enhanced. Do they have the implants of the space moves? No, they're taken apart and rebuilt on a molecular level. Ah, uh, yeah, forty k science logic. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, 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 okay. <laughs> they start as baseline humans in the same way that Astartes do, but they don't have the sort of implants that Astartes have. They are rebuilt from the ground up. 
basically. Mm. Can you imagine um, how easy a time Eisen would have had if he just had a custodies alongside him at all? Just time? any, just one. Just, that's all you need. Yeah, <laughs> that's all you need for any problem. Oh, there's a demon on this. No, not anymore. Oh, no, well, you're okay. all right. Don't worry. <laughs> that about was a it. fun story. Can you, how do we deal with this demon host? Rip. What demon host? Oh no, a, a chaos titan. Oh, you can't say okay, that, that one, can you? That one, that one the might corrupted have been bad. Titan. The, the corrupted titan might have been an issue. Uh, I mean, if Sanguinius can do it, then a custodian can probably do it. I don't the think... Sanguinius could fly, which helped. Does does make a big difference. <laughs> and also has serious main character syndrome. Yes, the, the plot armor is just a legendary. <laughs> He's got literal there. plot armor in that he knows he has plot armor. But it's weird with him because he's got plot armor because he has to die in a very specific scene mere moments later. <laughs> yes, for any for anyone who doesn't have a feckin' clue what we're talking about, one of the Primarchs. Yeah, welcome in, to the podcast. Yeah, welcome to the podcast. You're in good company. But one of the one of the Primarchs in the Horus Heresy series, uh, Warhammer 30k has a vision of his own death, essentially. So then spends the next 30 books going, I do not die today, and then just doing stupid shit. Like flying face first into a 50 meter high war robot and winning. It's do you think what it was is that the first person who wrote you know that sort of scene it was like, ah, I've really screwed every every other author over now because I've given him canonical plot armor. <laughs> Wannabe, he's got he's had that plot armor since like before the Horus Heresy books were ever written. What does that mean? It's, it's essentially in a codex, wasn't it? It was it was before even that. It's in like a white the the original white dwarf. My word, okay, wow. Someone was really this. destined to give him <laughs> No, because so if you go way, way, way back, Horus wasn't anyone special. He was just the Emperor's foremost general. Why that's all he is now anyway. No, but like he's just a bloke. Yeah. And he's just in his bunker on Terra, and it's like a really small-scale skirmish. He's not like a genetically enhanced soldier or anything like this. He's just a, he's literally just a human bloke. Well, that's power creep personified, isn't it? Right? <laughs> yeah. Two normal blokes having a fight, just not good enough. <laughs> just having a bit of a dust-up. Um, but yeah, so Sanguinius's death is like from back then, basically. And it just, yeah, so it's, it's been baked into the setting for like, what, 40 years? Yeah, that's pretty strong. Yeah. But yeah, obviously, okay, yes. <laughs> sorry, sorry, to, to bring this all the way back to our time. My word, we're doing series. such a good job at being professional podcasters, aren't we? We're so good. Um, yeah, Eisenhorn, in the works, potentially. I'm looking forward to it if it so is. So I've heard. So Do I've you heard think Cavill would play Eisenhorn? I think he would. I think that that's the the way you do it. He's a pretty burly chap, isn't he? Really... He's a big lad. Eisenhorn is a big lad. Um, and I think that it's a good entry point to Warhammer 40k as well, because at the end of the day, everyone is sort of just a person. That is absolutely right. That's why I think it was, it's a great series that needs adaptation. And it's very wide-ranging. You do get Space Marines, you do get Guard, you do get Demons, you get Aliens, you get um, various Imperial factions, so you get a lot of breadth. 
but you also go very, very deep into a couple of them. So I think like if you want to build an, a 40k cinematic universe, you've got to jump in with something like that. The other, the other, yeah, th- the other thing that I think might work for 40k, um, although I would rather see Eisenhorn, is a sort of Band of Brothers style Imperial Guard. Yeah, yeah, that that just doesn't really work. I think I don't see how you convey the power level properly if you do that. Exactly, because the Band of Brothers Guard just dies in the first five seconds of any conflict. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, Gaunt's ghosts make it through. So you do a Band of yeah. Brothers style Gaunt's ghosts. Okay. I guess. Okay. Perhaps. The, yeah. The issue with with, with going for a guard-based thing is it, that is it going to be a very gory TV show regardless of it's going to be gory and you also you also don't get the I don't know what the word is like the the top-down view that an Inquisitor gives you yes because an Inquisitor is jumping from planet to planet they're interacting with all sorts of like high-ranking people and that's the really cool thing about all that is you get you get kind of a sense of how the Imperium works or rather doesn't work yeah and and i think it highlights the power levels really quite quite clearly because like one chaos space marine shows up and it's a massive issue for everyone involved yeah um which i think gives you a real sense of as you say sort of scale mm. and, and power levels and and cavill playing eisenhorn still gives him the opportunity to dress up in power armor and shout for the emperor which i think is sort of all he wants to do like as a human being maybe alternatively and and hear me out on this henry cavill plays all the space marines whatever ever yeah just just in any look my casting strategy is very one-dimensional just cast one actor in multiple roles so so hear hear me out right Henry Cavill is doing a Horus Heresy series in which Henry Cavill plays Horus and all of the sons of Horus. Yeah, but we no, but we've cast Horus already. It's true. Horus does have to be good. Mark Strong. <laughs> it has to be Mark Strong. It just it just cannot be any other way. <laughs> Right. And the problem is, aside from that, you would cast Cavill as the Emperor himself. I wouldn't. I'd cast someone of Anatolian descent as the Emperor. Just to really piss off Yeah, if you want to be realistic. Okay, yeah, that's, that's, If you want a realistic 30k series. That's the best thing. It's both realistic and it's going to really, really piss off a load of people on the internet. No, it would be good, actually. Yeah, how good. Right, so I think I think what we're learning here is we both want some sort of forty k show, potentially Eisenhorn. I think we both think Eisenhorn is probably the best way to do it, but you could make an argument for a load of other options. I think some Cyphus Kane stuff would be good, but you almost have to have the setting established so that you can start to poke fun at it, which is what Kane does. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a lot of people on on Reddit suggesting that they should open with Kane. I just don't think it works because. People don't understand the, the ridiculous of the setting. No, but I think that's that's a flaw of, of the the sort of fandom in general, isn't it? The, you know, it's, well, it's, kind, of, it's kind of a mechanism of gatekeeping. It's like, ah, oh, if you don't get this really niche joke slash content, then yeah. you're not worthy. Yeah, 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 yeah that's which true. is a real barrier to actually, you know, getting people involved. Mm. And, 
in learning about 40k. Do um, we want to talk about Dresden? Uh, do we want to talk about Dresden? I mean, we have Always. to. We have to. Do we have to talk about the fact that there is a pre-existing Dresden TV show that is... I, I really don't think we it. do. It's out there. People can go and experience it if they want. But it's not very good. It really, really isn't. I don't think I made it past the first like 15 minutes of episode no. one. <laughs> I guess the, que- the question that I have is, how do you pace it? How do you pace it? Well, you pace it the, ex- the exact same way the books pace it, really. Got so one series per book? Because you never, uh, a supernatural notwithstanding, you're never going to get a 25 series TV show or however many books. No, but you can, you can condense some of the earlier events into a series. So, see, because, because if right. you're going to, so if we're talking TV show, serializing it, like, you know, it's it's essentially a more yeah. um, detective, and you could put some of the short thing, stories right? in. Exactly, you put some of the short stories in, and and you just episodically build up Dresden as the character. And given that the the original stuff isn't really all that great anyway, well, in the I, first I, season, the overarching storyline in your serialized, you know, fantasy who done it is essentially Bianca. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was. That's where and I was. Season having. two is the the start of the war. Yes, and, and you, you you pack the big story arcs in. So you, you, you almost finish season two with Ortega. Yeah, even then we're gonna. It's gonna be a lot of series, but you know that's what the billions are. That's that's, that's fine. It's fine to have seven or eight series, or nine or ten or twelve. But <laughs> the the I issue just... is the 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 special effects budget. Has got to go up exponentially in this show. It's got it's because it goes more <laughs> ridiculous. Well, you, this is the thing, right? You sort of you almost do it, need to do a Game of Thrones. So you start and you have a very small budget, and actually you don't need that much special effects for Stormfront. Really, Harry does very little magic. He does very little magic, but yeah, but it's just. That's what I mean. That's not a story. That's not a series. That's like an episode. No. You get a couple of episodes out of Stormfront. Sure, sure. But, you know, I think you've got to, you've got to package it up. Oh, that's true. What, what even happens in Stormfront? We meet Harry. We meet Victor Sells. We meet Tutu, which is obviously key. Yeah. And we meet Mervyn um, Marcone. It's the, it's the Shadow Man. It's Victor Sells. Yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. As as like an, an early big bad, I guess he's quite interesting. Which is then wrapped in with the the sort of Bianca big bad, and then ultimately everything turns into a Black Council big bad, which still exists today. So, mm. yeah, the, I think one of the key issues with Dresden is <laughs> the fact that he's six foot nine. I just don't think that matters. Like you cast. I tell you who you cast. Hugo random, I've been rewatching Lost <laughs> mm. um, because I randomly saw that it was on Disney Plus. I was like, "Huh, Lost, interesting." So I watched it, and um, you know the guy who plays Sawyer, a guy called Josh Holloway. I just saw his face, and I was like, "If that's not Harry Dresden, I don't know who is." Because he's got that sort of jackass demeanor, and he's got that kind of look that I've associated with Dresden. 
I think he'd be. I think we. Well, he's maybe a bit old now. Josh Holloway. But then Dresden. What is? How old is Dresden Stormfront? He's like thirty. It's really unclear. It's really, really unclear how old he actually is. I think in Battleground he's maybe his forties. Is he? Is he? Is he forty? Late? He might. He must be because he complains about getting old. Yeah, and he refers to people like Carlos as kid, like yeah, youngster and kid, which is weird considering that the actual older people in the wizard community are like hundreds of years older than Harry. It's all, it's all relative, though, right? Yeah, it's it's always funny when he starts dissing people about how young they are, and then he turns around and talks to a, a literal force of nature that's existed for millennia. <laughs> it's very odd. Yeah, but Dresden, I, I, you know, I, I think it's it's one that we obviously want to see. We want to see it done well, and I think it can be done quite well. It would work very well as a TV show. Which is why they got it's, the money at episodic. one point. It's episodic in nature. It, 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 it's just, you just have to make it well. Right, it's been done. Supernatural detective stories have been done. They, they work if you put the time in. Supernatural, yeah. Buffy, all of these shows work if you do them properly. Yeah, you just have to tone down Dresden's rampant sexism. You do. You do. Align it a little bit more with modern times. He just needs to use the word dame a lot, I think, and you get a similar aesthetic. Yeah. Without it being quite so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, there is one day an episode coming on, on Jim Butcher, and maybe not just him, but the authorial voice. Yeah, that just needs some updating. Right. So Dresden, I mean, Dresden, I think, is a no-brainer. So Dresden and Eisenhorn, no-brainers, go Dresden on our combined list. Um, so that's two out of five. Do you want to make the case for the Old Kingdom? Old Kingdom? Um, yes. Fantastic series. It is. One of the most elegant and enjoyable magic systems that I have come across that's just explained so effortlessly. So this is the bells. Yeah, using the bells and the free magic versus the charter magic. Not wild magic, free magic, exactly. Um, And and it's it's formed such a fundamental part of the identity of the world, especially the old kingdom itself, and it, it really contrasts it so strongly with you know, Ancelsia, the sort of nearest country to the old kingdom, which is completely mm. devoid of magic, and it's just a modern-ish nation. You know, yeah, with the military using period, guns and t- artillery and so on. The time period is really hard to work out, isn't it? I mean, you could it could just be you know nineteen fifties, which I think is probably where it's pitched. It, yeah, to me, it's anywhere between sort of the early nineteen hundreds. And oh, yeah. modern day, but obviously it can't be modern day because Garthnix wrote them some time ago. But in the nineties, I think maybe ter- maybe maybe sort of First World War era. That's sort of the the aesthetic that I've always got in my head. Yeah, when they that get their rifles right. out and stuff. Yeah, they're they're using sort of bolt action rifles rather than you know. Yeah, but equally, the the issue with that is that we only ever really see soldiery near the wall, right? Mm. Where 
fine. They don't really they don't really officially like, acknowledge yeah. that there's such a thing as magic, but I think the people who are stationed there kind of do. Yeah, you're meant to you're meant to get that they're not allowed to officially call it magic, but they get that the wall is weird as fuck. Yeah, so the bolt action rifles plus also they have machine guns and stuff, so maybe maybe it's more forties, fifties, maybe you're right, yeah. They have machine guns in the First World War. Yeah, but not that they always well, felt like they were quite easily maneuver. I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a, a war expert. <laughs> I don't really know. What I'm I don't know about. time. But anyway, you're, you're right that the juxtaposition is very good because the old kingdom is so obviously, basically, high medieval. Yes. <laughs> by contrast, so I think I think you can do that juxtaposition very well on screen. Uh, especially as you sort of start in the sort of modern day, it's quite Narnia esque in that sense. You sort of start start modern day and then fall backwards in, through time as you cross the wall. Yeah, yeah, but I, I sort of get what you mean by that. But I, I, it's not really time, is it? It's so t- different. It's, technology. It's, yeah, time it's a bit the like the whole Hogwarts conundrum, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. But, but, I just don't know if I don't know if there's enough content there. N- yeah, this is this is why I I, I think this is just as literally three films for three books. You could you could do three films. You could just do three films, three books. That's true. I actually and recently got- saw that there was maybe saying that there's talk of is a bit much, but there was a suggestion that somebody should do an animated film series of. I think that might be the answer here, actually. I could see that working, yes. Sort of Avatar The Last Airbender style animation. Yeah, this is this is what I, I'm not sure about. I, I think so. I could see that working. I mean, I, I, it wouldn't be for me, generally speaking, because I don't like anime as a visual style, but I could see that working. Kind of my issue as well. I think there has to be a, an intermediate, like like an old school Disney old aesthetic, school Disney like, could also like proper work. drawn, you know, like animation. A, a, but like an, an Aladdin or a Beauty and the Beast. Exactly, exactly. Mm. But then, sort of just, I wouldn't. Yeah, it. I wouldn't want modern Disney sort of. Modern Disney animation style wouldn't work. No, I don't think it would. Would it? Because it's all too comedic, I guess. Like the animation style almost lends itself to comedy. Uh, I've never really thought of that, but I think you might be right, actually. (laughs) It's it's all exaggerated shapes and exaggerated faces and builds and all of that, which is in old school Disney as well, but it's less obvious, I think. It's all caricature. Yeah, in a way, yeah, you're right, yeah. Yeah, but I think an, an all drawn sort of feel like that would would be really, oh, that's really right. solid, and that, that's what I think. It's just it's just three films for the for the first three books. Japanese style animation might be the way to do that. Yeah, I quite like that. Mike, you've 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 convinced me to think about putting it on the list. Okay, so um, that's three. Well, my Belgian comic was obviously out because I'm afraid you're a that's heathen. out. I'm afraid that's out because I haven't seen it, and I think Project Hail Mary might be in a similar. Oh, it's not art. It's just going to take a lot more convincing. Project Hail Mary 
Uh, it's good. If you haven't read the book, read the book. It's, it's all, I'm, I'm putting it on my list. To read, it's really, I don't know if you ever read The Martian, but it's it's I've that exact a, style, which which you maybe you have to like. Um, I read a but, sample of The Martian and then didn't read it for reasons that I've never fully understood because I liked the sample. It might be because I saw the film first, so I'm sort of like, oh, I've done that, which is, he's an issue for me, I know. You know what, I can let you off the hook for, for The Martian because it was a very good film adaptation. Mm. Mm. Like, it, it still told the story with, uh, I think, correct adaptations and omissions. Yeah, and I think that's always going to need to be a consideration. It's what are you putting in, what are you taking out, what are you leaving? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I would make a case, but obviously you've not done your homework for this episode. Um, which which is really bad, because I got your list about four days ago. <laughs> you could have easily read this book <laughs> and decided that, yes, we need a film. Um, so, I guess we park that. Remind me, what else did you have? Uh, Discworld. Discworld. Pratchett. It's going to be hard to do. It's going to I be think really, that's the issue, isn't it? Really hard to do. I don't really know how you do it better than the BBC, but there's something about the BBC adaptation that just doesn't sit right with me, and I don't know what it is. I'll tell you what, this weirdly reminded me, and I'm going to derail you here, but. <laughs> Up until I feel relatively recently, a good shout would have been uh, his Dark Materials, right? Yeah, I know. I had exactly the same thought. But I think the BBC did quite a good job with that, ultimately. I've fallen right off it, though. The BBC adaptation. I've fallen right off it. I haven't watched any of the new series. Do we think we can do it better? I don't think we can. No, I don't think I could. I think I think the issue there is yeah, it's a really, really hard series to adapt for TV because it's not intended for TV. There's, there's a reason we're booked so superior in many ways, right? It's it's intended to be read and thought about and digested. And yes, the BBC did it far better than the Nicole Kidman film. Which I still refuse to watch. I mean, you can't adapt uh, his dark materials and take out all of the God stuff. You just can't. Because you've taken out all of the plot and the all whole of the point, themes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Philip Pullman himself called it something like the atheist's manifesto. <laughs> because it, it is, and that's the whole point. I think the BBC did do that very well, ultimately. They did, they did and they made it very clear that the magisterium is not the Catholic Church, which I think is the, the way you, you fix it. I've never really thought about that. I mean, the magisterium just is the Catholic Church. Exactly. <laughs> but but that's just how you sort of fix it. But the BBC made it very clear that the Magisterium is a religious body that worships a deity similar to the Almighty, but it is not the Catholic Church. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's that's by the by. Yeah, Back I mean, dis- uh, yeah, I think they did Discworld. a good job. Discworld. Discworld. Ugh, Discworld. There's so much going on. It's so big. And the flat... Earthers will really love it. Oh, the Fire Earth, the, the intro, the problem with this world is the intro almost writes itself. They're like the, the credits, the opening credits almost writes Great. itself. <laughs> what a fun TV show that'll be. <laughs> but because you, know, you sort of fly in 
past the turtle and the four elephants and then up and over the, the, the counterweight continent and across the sea to Ankh-Morpork. Park. So my, my hand was doing a whole thing there, which is great in an audio-only medium. Yeah, weirdly, I kind of pictured that. But, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I, want, I think I want someone to try and to try and do a sort of either a Moist von Litvik or a uh, Sam Vimes series. But it would be so hard. It would be so difficult. And I think for that reason, it sort of can't go on our list. There's a lot of it, no? There's a lot of it, but it, it breaks down really neatly into series. So you've got the Rincewind stuff, you've got the Sam Vimes stuff, Stuff. You've got the witches stuff, so you just pick some stuff that you pick like a, a coherent series within, and they touch each other as you sort of navigate your way through. But it's an absolute fool's errand to try and read all of Discworld all at once because it just doesn't make sense to. You. Hmm. Um, it wasn't written in that way. Hmm. So, you, so you think this this is like a TV show project as well? I think it's a cinematic universe. But I think it's a, a oh, cinematic... Oh, you're going for the big bucks, okay. I think it's a cinematic universe of TV shows. Sure, it's coming out swinging. <laughs> I've gone completely mad. No, I think I think that's the way that it would need to be done, is a cinematic universe of TV shows. I just don't know if it's possible. And I don't know that anyone's brave enough to try. And also, you, there are some proper Pratchett fans out there. This is the well. And so Terry Pratchett me, is, but... Terry Pratchett is no longer there, no longer around to say, "Now nah, this is fine, guys." Yeah, so, and then you run into a Rings of Power situation. Mm, I don't. I don't think I'm brave enough. I would love someone else to be brave enough. <laughs> um, okay, well that complicates things. So, so so far we we've maybe agreed on three. If if you've agreed to the Old Kingdom. I think I, I will currently agree to an animated Old Kingdom. Then I think the only other one we overlapped was Mistborn. Yeah. Which of course opens the door to the whole Cosmere Cinematic Universe. It, it, it opens the door to try and do the Cosmere Cinematic Universe if you want to. But also Mistborn, at least Era 1, is entirely self-contained. The issue there is that, that I'm sure Sanderson is probably already doing some sort of fundraiser or Kickstarter and has probably got three films already made. <laughs> He's actually <laughs> written for like six a script screenplays with, while exactly. we've been talking. <laughs> He's just written all million words of screenplay for this. Um, I think he is. I think he is in talks. He's been in talks for a long time. He's really, really reluctant to give up the creative control, which is understandable. I don't know specifically. Absolutely, but he's, surely he doesn't have time to actually exert greater control. Well, this and I think this is the real problem. I think the the people who want it are basically going, Brandon, you've you've got to let us because you did Chill a kick out, mate. <laughs> you did a Kickstarter for four bucks, sort of outside your writing schedule. You have a problem. Let us help you. Did you hear about this? His his year of Sanderson Kickstarter. Yes. Yeah. He, he accidentally wrote four full-length novels. Yeah. And then got infinite gigantic money. amounts of money got to actually... infinite money. To... <laughs> but they were already written. Also, guys, that's how you do a Kickstarter. 
Um, also, guys, that's how you really piss off every publisher on earth. Oh. <laughs> I mean, fair play to him. <laughs> it's like the pinnacle of self-publishing, isn't it? His his um his announcement video for that Kickstarter was really really funny because uh, he he its title and description were just it's an apology because I've. I've got some confessions and people aren't going to get what they're expecting next year and I need to apologize. And then he just puts like four finished manuscripts on his <laughs> desk on top of each other. <laughs> He's such a badass, isn't he? He's such a prick. He's such a like the fact that he in the midst of writing his like own gigantic interconnected universe of books that are all which long. includes the stormlight archive which yeah. on its own would be for any other writer an absolute magnum opus on the scale of wheel of time or the lord of the rings and wheel of time is exactly it he, he just casually swanned in and finished oh, he also just finished wheel of time it's like no worries guys i've got some some spare time on Sunday afternoon. I'll finish Wheel of Time for you. Oh, one book? No, 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 no. Don't worry. I'll do you four. Don't worry about it. It's fine. So I mean, it, it's 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 a no brainer in terms of funding because you'll never run out of source material. You d- you don't get the A Song of Ice and Fire issue. No, I think the I think the issue runs out is, I think the issue is the world will end before Brandon Sanderson stops writing. Yeah, but you know we're we're pretty trustworthy lads. I think if we say Brandon, listen, we'll do this for you. We'll start with Mistborn. Let us prove to you that we can do it with Mistborn, and then we'll be the D and D to his George R R R Martin, except better, except both us and him. Better, yes. I like this plan. I like this plan a lot. And as I said, I think you do Mistborn. By doing Peaky Blinders. Yes, uh, th- that is actually something that that's really sold this to me as a as a as a list worthy element because I think you really we can do that. M- we might need to talk to Guy Ritchie. Now, I know Guy Ritchie didn't do Peaky Blinders, but I'm thinking he is Peaky did Blinders. He- <laughs> oh, did he? Oops. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't. I don't think he did it. But I'm just saying. He is Peaky Blinders personified. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's my point. I think we might just need to to do some. I don't think we need him to to direct or write anything, but just as a sort of creative consultant. Just, I, I, th- I think so. Plus, it'd just be really quite fun to hang out with with Guy, Guy and also he gives he gives you some kudos. Yes, not that Amazon need kudos, but I think we we might. <laughs> We could use it. <laughs> we could use the odd name or two. No, so Peaky Blinders style Mistborn to kick off. Peaky Blinders style Era One Mistborn to kick off the Mist the, the Cosmere. The the issue is right. It's again sort of starts off as a trilogy because it's Samson who can't help himself, but they're very long books. Mistborn, I mean, I think you're you probably did. talking at least nine films. No, you do series. You do TV series. Ah, but what's the runtime of one of those episodes then? Standard Amazon Prime, fifty minutes. Not, not for. And that's, I'm not suggesting that you do three episodes of TV to do the entirety of Mistborn. You do 
Yeah, so you're, you're saying a full-on American Ooh, 20 yeah. plus episodes, 40 plus minutes. No, no, no. Amazon Prime style. I think nine to 12 episodes. Nine to 12 episodes, three seasons to do Miss Boy, Arrow One, maybe four. Okay. I think you could do that. Okay, yeah. I I, I don't hate it. I, I actually kind of like it. End of your first episode is Kelsier sort of joining the, uh, like, meeting Vin. So your entire first episode is a Guy Ritchie paste and shot heist in the canton of orthodoxy or whichever one it is so that whole opening chapter with vin talking to the obligator and and the sort of the attempt to steal from him you just that that just writes itself as a sort of peaky blinders guy Ritchie style yeah i'm sold episode that's that's your that's your pilot let's do it oh i'm getting chills I think, we could, I think we could do that. All right, Mistborn, done. Mistborn, done, sold. That's... That is... Four? Where was it? Dresden, Dresden Eisenhorn, Old Kingdom, Old Kingdom Mistborn. Mistborn. Right. Mm. So, this, this world was a solid maybe. This world's a solid maybe. <clears throat> I think it's too big. I think it's too big to do it properly. I understand why the BBC did it the way they did. Even if I don't think it quite lands. There's a few on my list I think I can tick off as definitely nots. Specifically the sword of truth, because actually that's just bad literature. Mm. Yes. That's, okay. That's, that's my that's my favorite. Um, you can tell. I like that, that you included it in a in a very exclusive list of things that you absolutely wanted adapted. <laughs> I this the guy that attempt to make it good? The thing is, I think if you ignore the rampant libertarianism that runs through the books like a stick of rock, it's quite good fantasy. Like it's boy meets girl, girl turns out to be secret magic person from across the border takes boy on adventure turns out boy is also actually someone secret and special and then they have adventures and it turns out boy is actually a boy's old man friend is also is a wizard of course yes but like it works at that sort of high level it works but the problem is at some point quite early on Terry Goodkind just read Atlas Shrugged <laughs> and went, yes. Yes, more of that, please. Yes, all of this. Um, yeah, I'm not sold. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's quite good. I, I like it. And the thing is, someone gave someone money to make a bad TV adaptation of it. The Legend of the Sea was like a, the equivalent of a straight-to-DVD yeah, lots of people get money to do this sort of shit all the time but it doesn't really say anything unfortunately but I want money to do this sort of shit 
Uh, yeah, but but you're going to go in way over budget straight off, and then then oh yeah, obviously because you're so, going to say like we're going to make this good, and they're like, no, you're not. No, don't do that. <laughs> they're like, we're going to give Nerds you money to watch anything. Nerds will watch anything. Exactly. As long as as long as it makes a profit. Sam Raimi produced a load of the Legend of the Seeker stuff. Didn't direct it. He produced it. Okay, interesting. Um, he was clearly a fan. He also produced, like, Xena and Hercules' Legendary Journeys. I think he just likes shit fantasy whoa, whoa, TV. Whoa, whoa, now. whoa, whoa. You heard me. <laughs> whoa. That is some fighting talk there. I think that might well be tinfoil. Whether no, it's consider not that. that one. Shut up. It's not that bad. We're going to have to consider that one. We're going to have to throw that one out to the fans. Comment now. Absolutely Is not dissing Xena and Hercules tinfoil worthy? I certainly think it is. I'm not having that. Um, what you're right. having really I think, I um, think our contentious one. <clears throat> let me let me just briefly touch on one that you mentioned that I thought was quite interesting. Harry Potter. Oh, I was going to say, I think that might be our contentious one. Because I think only today or yesterday I saw that someone came out and said they want to make Harry Potter from scratch. I think it was Warner Brothers themselves, wasn't it? Oh yeah, but that's just because Warner Brothers want more money. Well, yeah, of course. But this is our time. We can get in there. I think I could do it. Like, obviously I couldn't because I have no filmmaking experience whatsoever. And the problem is that, because you might know that um, uh, Hogwarts Legacy game mm. is coming out very soon, and that already has set the world aflame. Oh, I know. We're very split on whether or not we're allowed to play Hogwarts Legacy. Well, we we, we are and we secretly aren't, but... That's a debate for another time. We're going to have a debate. I think when Hogwarts Legacy launches, we could have that debate. I think we should have that debate. <clears throat> the freedom of academic speech and discourse is what I'm calling that. What, playing Hogwarts Legacy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> In a nutshell, but just Fair more eloquent. I think I just don't want to pay like 80 quid for an open world Hogwarts game. Oh, I absolutely do. Maybe not 80 quid. I think 80 quid's a little bit ridiculous. I saw a really good debate on whether or not the game should allow you to cast the unforgivable curses. And I'm like, absolutely not. I mean, they very much do allow you to do that, so... Does it? Of course. But You can make a Harry Potter game where you can't cast the unforgivable curses. But that, you're a kid. Like, It's literally I... like the... the... <sighs> Barty Crouch Jr. There's like one spell that so far I've seen that you can use that's like a one-hit KO or anything, and it's obviously Avada Kedavra. <laughs> no, it's obviously not. Of course it's it stupefy. is. <laughs> no, that just makes numbers pop out of your head. I'm so confused. Why would you let, like, someone playing a school kid cast unforgivable curses? Because it's, it's probably up there with the most cast spells in the Harry Potter book series. No, the most cast spell in the Harry Potter book series has to be the Patronus charm. Because Harry's well, successfully cast, or Harry's spaffing that all over the page. No, I think they they used to quite a lot. Of it, yeah, that really was, yeah. Spaffs out the silvery wisp. Yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd like to apologise to everyone <laughs> for that. Okay, that might be another one for the tinfoil bucket. <laughs> Piss off! <laughs> no, I th- so I, I think that. Actually, I was re-listening to our 
what makes a good adaptation episode in preparation for this when we touch on Harry Potter. And I think the reason it's on my list is something we said in that episode, which is that after the third film, it just goes completely off the rails and thus becomes really shit. Yes. Uh, The issue is that there are some very good performances in Harry Potter. Yeah, we'd have to go. A lot of those actors are still around, and I feel it'd be... (laughs) There's absolutely no way we can get Maggie Smith again. Probably more age-appropriate for McGonagall now. (laughs) Poor woman's like 95. Yeah. (laughs) McGonagall's not that old. Is she? Going to Dumbledore's like 150 or something, and he's known McGonagall. I think he's, like, a, I think he's like 120. Let's calm down. Yeah, but, but McGonagall is already around in the time of Newt Scamander. Like, she's already a professor at Hogwarts. As is Dumbledore. <laughs> so if he's 120, she's maybe, I don't know, 90? <laughs> Which yeah. is age appropriate for Maggie Smith, as I say. <laughs> really not comfortable with having, with putting poor Maggie Smith through that again. But also, there's no, literally no one else you could cast. The, the problem is Snape, right? You just can't ever. So, well, certainly not in our lifetime. You can't replace. Anything. I think. I, I think you can actually. You cast an age-appropriate Adam Driver. Ah, oh, fuck you! I hate that. I love that. <laughs> that was far too loud. Um, but I'm very proud of that. <sighs> Because I knew you were going to say that you can't cast Snape again, and I've spent a long time trying to work out who you cast, and I think it might Damn, just be you, his hairstyle. You really snooked me there. Oh, Adam Driver's so good. Because <laughs> you ab- also absolutely buy Adam Driver as like carrying this candle for this woman that never loved him and twisted him and turned him into this horrible person. But you, but you have to turn him from Ben Swolo into, you know, yeah, you just, average mate. You just so, lock it. Have you seen him in um, Black Klansman? Uh, no, he's not. He's not quite as Ben Swallow in that. He's still quite swallowed, to be fair. I think he's just quite a big dude. To be fair, you can just make him wear robes and that. And that yeah, and just friend. just make him wear robes and not shower for a week. Literally, if there's one thing we we would fix if we do a readaptation of, of Harry Potter, it's just make them actually wear robes. You've got to wear robes all the time, guys. Sorry. Why, why do wizards just look like? Slightly colourfully dressed muggles. You've, ah. you've all got to dress like Alan Rickman and Michael Gambon. I'm sorry. There's just yes. that's just the rules. Absolutely. Ah, we can we can definitely de Gambon Dumbledore there. You do de Gambon. Who do you cast as Dumbledore? I mean we've been going for like an hour and we've not settled. But if Jude Law were 120 <sighs> I think he'd actually work really quite well. Who does Jude Law grow up to be? Because Jude Law is a really good Dumbledore. He's like the only thing that's good. Well, him and Mads Mikkelsen are like the only thing that's good about those films. And Mads Mikkelsen's only been in one of them and probably won't be in the next one. I think he's being replaced, isn't he? I've heard he's being replaced and it makes me so angry. Yeah, same, because he was... He was the only... Actually, the third one I actually didn't hate. (laughs) I didn't hate the first one until the very end. That's the thing. It, yeah. I hated it the second it's one because it's got work. so much Johnny Depp in it. Yeah. 
And I didn't hate this. Well, no, I did hate the third one because it makes no sense. But Mads Mikkelsen saves it. And I also buy. I also buy just a romantic relationship between Jude Law and Mads Mikkelsen. Absolutely, yeah. That that's like that makes it so believable. Um, yeah, but we, you know, we shan't go into the whole. Let's decide all of wizard politics by using some fabled creature. In I don't America. understand what position they're picking. Yeah, that's just that's just king of wizarddom. I think it's the supreme mugwump. Oh, is it? No, because that's the wizard gimmick, isn't it? Is it chief? It's like the International Federation of something or other. It's whichever thing Dumbledore ends up on sitting at. Yeah, chief warlock of the International Statue of Secrecy or something. Regardless of all that, we can't possibly say that in our top five things that need adaptations, we're going to say Harry Potter. No, I don't think we can. I think I might say the inheritance cycle. Again, because the film was, the Aragon film is so bad. Well, that's that series, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. It's, it's, it's oh, yeah, they were pretty shit. They only made that one film. Yeah, I think it was the second one. No, they didn't make Eldest. Unless it was a straight-to-DVD sequel in an era of streaming, which would be excellent. Hang on. Are you checking this? Yes. Please don't fact-check me. I don't like no, it. No, you're right. There's only one film. No, it's bad. And it's a shame because it is. it's got probably else. It's got Jeremy Irons in it. Which I quite like. Ah, uh, you know what? Then in that case. Yeah? Am I just, am I just gonna get this one? That's the thing that's stopping me from doing it. I think the the, the problem is Christopher Paolini has never had an original idea in his life and I think I'd be worried that Disney would come after us for copyright infringement because it's just Star Wars yeah but (laughs) but there's nothing wrong with that no because Star Wars is just let's be honest (laughs) and everything is just Beowulf ultimately even Beowulf. Yeah. Beowulf is probably just something that we don't know. Actually, ultimately, everything is just the Chronicle of Ur. You know what? Beowulf's not a bad shout to add to his list, actually. Unless you just read that, that Angelina Jolie film. I just had that. The problem with the Angelina Jolie film is I don't know if it's animated or not. <laughs> the cinematography is so weird. Exactly. It's, a, it's just oh, a weird movie, isn't it? Do you think we could do a good King Arthur series? Like an actually good King Arthur series? Are you saying King Arthur series or, or the Arthur series isn't good? What's it called? Merlin? Merlin. Merlin, right? Well, the problem is it's about Merlin. Yeah, but he's the interesting character in the whole thing. No, he's not. Plus, he is. The interesting character in the whole thing is. Well, none of them, because there's no characters, but. You, you were just going to say something really glorious, weren't you? You stopped yourself. I'm, I'm proud of you. you. This is growth, personal growth. <laughs> I successfully didn't say something stupid. Uh, you know what we, we might have to do here is. Let the listeners decide what the fifth spot should be. Okay. Then we haven't spoken about King Killing. 
or well, something like Ice and Fire. I, I, I think you can't you just can't do it because it's not finished. It's not and finished. I don't want to end up in another Song of Ice and Fire situation. Which is I think why we can't do a Song of Ice and Fire. Exactly. Either. Well, I think at this point we could end it better than George Martin can. Well, I think I think you could almost you take the story beats from season eight. You sort of assume that those are necessary, and then you go back and actually read the Song of Ice and Fire. No, and you work out how you no, get ro- rocks from fall, everyone dies, or that you just meteor Westeros. Exactly, just that second doom of Valyria just happens everywhere. Oh, that would be good. Actually, you get. Yeah, I like that. And then everyone's just left with a sense of like, huh, I guess the original show wasn't so bad. (laughs) (laughs) We've actually redeemed season eight. I think if we do a Song of Ice and Fire, we start off by casting uh, Mark Addy, Sean Bean. Oh, yeah, no, they're just coming back. All actors. (laughs) You're all just coming back, guys. Especially like the the ones who played the sort of younger ones. We We get the same Joffrey in... Uh, don't don't mention the fact that you're clearly too old Jack Gleason, I know you quit acting because everyone hates you because you played Joffrey but would you mind coming back back and play Joffrey again (laughs) would I have everyone I think I King King Killer, as much as I love it it's it's Avery Slow it's really slow, I don't see how you do the unreliable narrator bit Clearly, which to an extent is an issue with Dresden as well, but because it's so much more episodic, I think that's an easy Dres- thing. Dresden works because it's episodic. The unreliable narrator, the, the, the problem with King Killer is you need to make it so clear. It's not the same as the Dresden problem. The Dresden problem is that you're always in Harry's head, so you never have perfect information and you miss things because Harry misses things. Misses things. The kinkiller problem is you're getting Kvothe's story from Kvothe's point of view after the fact. Yes. So he's spinning you a fiction. And I don't yes. see how you make that clear. It's a really cool thing that the Kinkiller Chronicles does, but I don't see how you make that clear in TV or film. I'm sure there's some interesting like cinematograph- cinematographic tricks. Or you do it really 90s style and every episode starts in the Waystone Inn and it's just some random old ginger bloke telling Chronicler a tale and then you zoom into Chronicler. Old, is he? No, he's like 30. He's yeah. not even 30, he's like 25. Um, but you like every episode starts with you zooming into Chronicler's page. Like really 90s. Yeah. The other issue I kind of have with King Killer is that that Firth himself, and this is partly perhaps because of the way it's done, right, is just too too obnoxiously good oh, he's a, he, at everything. He, but this is my unreliable narrator point. Yeah. He only is because he's telling us he is. I don't actually think that you're meant to believe that everything happens exactly the way he says it does because he never gets anything wrong. But you're right, he would be insufferable. So it can't be that. Can't be Song of Ice and Fire. Harry Potter. 
You need to just read Project Hail Mary and then you'll agree with me that that's the obvious choice. Okay. But I would suggest, yes, that we leave it to our listeners to decide what the fifth one should be and then we will comment on why that is a terrible decision. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So your options are Harry Potter, Aragon, so the Inheritance Cycle, or A Song of Ice and Fire? Throw in Harry Potter into the mix as well, why not? I thought I said Harry Potter. Oh, did you? Sorry. Yeah, I thought I said Harry Potter first. Yeah, but definitely Harry Potter's in that mix. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Discworld, I suppose. Throw in. Oh, yeah, also Discworld. Or write in your own opinions. Or write in your own opinions. That way you if can we be really wrong. If we haven't heard of it, it is immediately going to be laughed at. Or we both try to bullshit our way through it. Or we both try to bullshit our way through it based on Wikipedia. <laughs> Who am I kidding? That's, We're not going research. to Wikipedia. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> Based on the title. Just whatever whatever the sort of first hits on Google are without actually clicking any links. That's... Yeah, that little Google summary that you get. Exactly, yeah. That's what I'll be doing. Um, anyway, yeah, so to recap, we had Dresden. Oh, can I throw another one in just at oh, the yeah. very last minute? Gotrek and Felix. Uh, that's quite good, actually. Okay. Fine. We'll throw that as another option. You know that's not going to win because no one ever knows anything about it. Yeah, but I'm going to. But then someone's going to inevitably go on about big rats. I just can't be asked. Oh, we would have to find a way to show that big rats aren't real while having everyone in the world. Just don't show them, and then no one's going to ever question it (laughs) because why would it? Anyway. Anyway. I can't make that joke again. Anyway. Dresden Files. Eisenhorn. Yes. Uh, The Old Kingdom. Uh, Mistborn. So those Mm. are our four that we've agreed on. And I think of those four, our best shot at the Disney Billions is actually Mistborn. I think so. Unless we can convince Disney to do a renaissance of the renaissance and do Old Kingdom in the sort of old school animation style. Yeah, that's the other way to do it. And then we're getting the Disney Billions rather than the Amazon Billions. Yeah. Yeah, we run both at the same time. I mean, think Sanderson so. is is just there's so much scope for you know, Sanderson, yeah. series after series after series. Well, the thing is with Sanderson is you can do really cool style shifts. So you do Mistborn Era One as a sort of Peaky Blinders Guy Ritchie style, and then Era Two is your sort of modern. So I'm trying to think of a sort of modern crime, almost like a Killing Eve. Or something similar, or the boys. Even you could do like random and ultra violent. You just cast. You hear that season four has apparently got the most terrific thing you've seen on television. How is the producers? I mean, that's just the producer hyping things up. But also, I've definitely seen all of my most horrific things on television while watching. It's a truly horrific show. It's It's great, but it's truly horrific. The, the the scene in season three, yeah, the first is it the episode one, season three. I've is, not seen season three yet. Have you not? Because oh. you can only watch so much of the boys at once. The the first, I think it's the first episode has a screen that actually nearly has a scene. Sorry, that actually nearly made me stop watching. Oh wow! I was just like, not not because I'm not I'm not squeamish, but I was just like. Oh, this is just awful and gratuitous. Wow, okay. 
that. I, I kind of want to see that now. <laughs> I think it was season three. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. It's, it's, full of, it's full of stuff. Anyway, The Boys um, is already a good TV show. And yeah, we're going to surpass it in quality, obviously. Mm-hmm. I don't think you do error to Miss Boron as The Boys. I think that was a mistake. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> well, that's going on my little notepad. <laughs> and on that oh. note... And on that note, I think um, we could bring this to a close. The first episode of season two, we've waffled yeah. for ages and ages, and pretty sure no one's listening at this point. If you are, let us I'm know not. on Discord. <laughs> and of course, if you are, as always, thanks for listening to this episode of Expertise is Overrated. No doubt we've said some things that were either objectively wrong or downright offensive. As ever, feel free to let us know rate the podcast and leave us a comment or drop us an email at expertiseisoverrated at gmail.com. Tweet us at zero expertise. Check out our website, expertiseisoverrated.podbean.com or come join us on our Discord server. If you're lucky, we might just argue with you in one of our upcoming episodes. And if you're really lucky, we might call you an idiot. And make sure you come back next time for some more absolute nonsense. <laughs>